This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. We are not only live from the Truth Booth, but we are live from the Carolina Classic Fair today on Kingdom Pursuits. And really cool, right this minute, Bob, if you look to your right, you're going to see a clown on stilts, and he's blowing big, huge bubbles. Like, I, I'm actually seeing this with my own eyes. Not only do we have the Carolina Classic Fair, not only do we have turkey legs and cotton candy and corn dogs and, oh, my goodness, all that's going on out there, but we have Bob, my good friend from 109U Pullet, as well as Pastor Andrew Hopper. And, and Pastor Hopper, we got a big conference coming up the breaking barriers conference right it's coming up in october with mercy hill church in greensboro welcome pastor oh man i appreciate you guys having me on yeah it's excited i wish i was over at the fair with you guys well come on down come on down <laughs> i would my boy's got a football game here in a little while so that's what we're gonna oh, take I'm totally, that's, here, a, that's a very important thing where's where's he playing uh, we're over here in the northern part of Greensboro, Summerfield area. So he uh, he plays for the Northern uh, Nighthawks. So we're excited about about how he's doing and all that. So man, it's good to be with you guys too. today. I love football, so that's really that's really really amazing. So, um, you know, I I don't know if you've ever listened to Kingdom Pursuits, Pastor, but we always have to do you know Robbie's riddles early on, so people kind of get used to this, and it's it's just a little fun. So. <laughs> Speaking of fair, right? Yeah, now the fun begins. <laughs> Have you seen this skeleton with the big dress? <laughs> All right. So, Pastor, you didn't know you were going to get a chance at some real humor here. So, no. just to, uh, uh, yeah, just to warm you up to the idea, you know, Bob, you know what? I, I've seen a number of fair-skinned, you know, we're at the fair, so I've seen a number of fair-skinned folks out here. They... They have tattoos of Ferris wheels and tilt whirls and, you know, snow cones. <laughs> fair skin? Yeah, fair skin, so. <laughs> Your clown on stilts is juggling now. I'm sorry, uh, I'm yeah, distracted. Yeah, that's distracting. And that giant skeleton, he's got me my attention, too. But anyway. Is he the one with the jug iced tea in his hand? Well, he might have something to do with the joke I'm fixed to tell. So, I, and I, I don't know why I've always been such a sucker for a good cannibal joke. So maybe you're a sucker for a good cannibal joke. So why did the Mexican cannibal <laughs> want to eat after going on thrill rides at the fair? Hmm. Yeah, you're wondering. How about how about you, Pastor? You got anything with that? That comes <laughs> no, to I mind? got no. I got nothing. All right, here you go. Carne asada. <laughs> hey, my favorite. There you go. And apparently that skeleton right there was a carne asada. Anyway, <laughs> if Mississippi, here, you've wondered about this, Bob. If Mississippi gave Missouri her New Jersey, like she's playing football for the, the Hawks or whatever, right, to wear at the fair, what will Delaware? Ah, what might be your response to that great question? Do you have any idea, Christian? You're listening in. He is juggling. There he goes. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know either. I'll ask him. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that's a groaner. Sorry. <clears throat> so here, uh, today at the Carolina Classic Fair, Bob, my wife fainted on the Ferris wheel. Why shouldn't we worry? Mm. It's an oldie but a goodie. Do you know, Pastor, why we shouldn't worry? I don't. Because... I don't. How about you, Christian? You got any idea? Why we shouldn't worry? I don't. Yeah, you shouldn't worry. She, she fainted on the Ferris wheel, but she's cl- slowly coming around. <laughs> <laughs> on the Ferris wheel, slowly oh, yeah, coming around. Right. Oh, yeah, right yeah, I'm looking right at it. <laughs> Looking right at the Ferris wheel. Yes, sir. So, you know, at the end of all those shenanigans, we'd actually have a riddle for you to call in and win today. And so here you go. You know, I volunteer part-time as a jouster at the Renaissance Fair, Bob. You didn't know that. So I'm what they call a freelancer. Volunteer. So with that in mind, who was the best woman freelancer in the Bible? <laughs> You might say she specialized in piercings. <laughs> uh, who was, for again, to call in when, who was the best woman freelancer in the Bible? You might say she specialized in piercings. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and win. 866-34-TRUTH. And if they do that, Christian, tell them what they'll win. They're going to win one of the fabulous prizes from the Kingdom Pursuits Prize Vault. There you go. All you got to do is tell us. And this is really not that hard. Don't overthink it. (laughs) Which woman in the Bible, you might say, specialized in piercings, she was a freelancer. 866-348-7884. Now to get back to this whole idea of breaking barriers, because I think I broke every joke barrier known to mankind right there, Bob. Uh, the crows are flying in, and they're not after the corn on the cob over here. <laughs> oh, your jokes were good today, though. All right. So, so Pastor, what's what's going on with the Breaker, Breaking Barriers Conference? Yeah, man. So we, um, our church, uh, we're over here in the triad kind of part of North Carolina, so Greensboro, uh, High Point. Uh, we're a multi-site church. We were planted in 2012. And, um, man, we just really feel like God's put it on our heart, not only to, uh, you know, see a movement in our church, but to just try to help in any way we can with other churches throughout our state and, and region. And one of the things that we've recognized over the last, you know, few years of ministry is that it feels like, um, you know, it feels like a lot of the conversation is, is rightly around church planting and sending and wanting missionaries to go out, which I obviously applaud. We, we say a lot of times at Mercy Hill that sending capacity is more important than seating capacity, and I, I believe that. Um, wow, I love but that. for, you know, for sending capacity, nothing is more important than seating capacity. Um, and, you know, there are churches that can that can grow and not go. I understand that. But if you're going to be a church that goes, you really need to be a church that grows numerically more people next year than you have this year and not be afraid of talking about that in very frank terms. And we feel like there's a good bit of uh, fear, hesitancy around, you know, talking about church growth uh, for whatever reason in some ways sending is celebrated church growth is demonized at least if you talk about it 
seen as unspiritual. We just really want to pop that bubble and get rid of some of those stereotypes and stigmas and really help churches think rightly about, you know, trying to see their church grow. So that that's in a nutshell. We could break any of that down, but that's in a nutshell what this conference is all about coming up for church past, you know, pastors and leadership teams on October 24th and 25th. Kind of like if you're not growing, you're dying. <laughs> yeah, if you're not growing, it's going to be hard to uh, send people out in a sustainable way. I mean, you know, we talk about multiplying. You know, we want churches to multiply. You know, we want them to grow and plant other churches. But, you know, truthfully, if you're not growing and you're, you know, you're trying to send other church plants out and that kind of thing, you're really just dividing. I mean, it's not really multiplying. Business. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. If you, so I'm, I'm curious who all have you got you know what are you have you got a number of different speakers or who who is going to be you know bringing it so to speak so our church uh, we, we we really debated that and talked about it we have friends all over the country um and we actually decided because this conference is going to be regionalized mostly in north carolina we do have some some uh we have a church from south carolina coming we have a couple of churches from virginia that'll come but um you know, we decided not to do that. We decided to kind of keep it in-house in terms of our senior team at our church. Um, it's almost a little bit of a, um, you know, opening up the opening up kind of the hood and and you know letting people kind of see what how our church ticks. I mean, our church went from our church. We planted our church in 2012, and we grew from 30 to 3,000 in about seven years. Wow. And. Um, you, you know, did something right. Wow, we got to go well, to break because I, mean, I hear this. Um, I apologize. Oh. I can hear the music. Yeah. So we're going to be coming right back with a lot more with Pastor Hopper. And hopefully you got an answer about the piercer in the Bible. So we'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And we're so having so much fun live out here today from the Carolina Classic Fair with my good friend Bob Young. And we got Pastor Hopper, who's got a wonderful Breaking Barriers conference. If you want to get some inside uh, for your church on how they went from you know, just a few hundred of the church plant in 2012 to over 3,000 and, and what went on for that to happen and, and how they could be, uh, maybe help your church come more alive. That's happening October 24th through the 25th at Mercy Hill Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. And also on the line right now, I understand, we've got uh, Michael Dillon with us and they've got a big event coming up too, uh, the Hometown Men's Fellowship. So wel- welcome, Mike. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. We're excited. that. Um, tell us about the Hometown Men's Fellowship. It's put on right with the Childress Racing, uh, Richard Childress Racing. Yeah, well, I got to apologize to the car guy because I messed up on my times and everything. So, and I really appreciate you guys getting us on. Um, what it is, it's, um, it's a men's fellowship that uh, we have speaker Mark Cook, who wrote the first hour for men book. He's coming to speak. And uh, um, Parker Webb is coming to, uh, he'll be there as our worship 
leader and Matt Hammett's coming to sing for us. And then we're going to talk about the first hour for men, about getting getting men back into their Bible the first hour of the day. And, and uh, it's going to be a great event, I believe. Yeah, and that's coming Tuesday, October 3rd, right? From 7 to 8.30. Yeah. And it's... Uh, I guess at the Richard Childress Racing Event Center, right? Yeah, it's there at the race shop in Welcome, North Carolina. And uh, everybody's welcome to come. You can go online to uh, Hometown Men's Fellowship and register, but you do not have to register. Um, but we'd, we'd like that so we know how many chairs to put out. Right now we're, we're getting towards 500 already registered. So uh, uh, we're very excited about it. Our goal was to get 300 men, and uh, uh, we're, we're we're going to have a great a great event and just want everybody to come out. And it is at the race shop. And uh, so right, we're going and to have that's like a, a this good time. Tuesday, right? I mean, um, yes, it's sir. going to be 7 to 8.30 p.m. this Tuesday at the Richard Childress race event. You know where that is in Welcome, don't you, Bob? See, and I oh, are yeah. from Welcome, aren't you? And I, I know Mike. Uh, he and I, uh, yeah. our paths cross every now and then. Uh, Bob Young here. Uh, but uh, hey, Bob. That, that sounds like an awesome thing, and I am going to be in town, which is not not very usual for me these days, but uh, I might have to see what I can do about getting down there. Tuesday well, night. Please do. Please do invite, any, invite, invite anybody that you'd like to. We'd love to have as many, many men show up as we can. Well, thank you, Mike. I so appreciate you calling in, sharing in, sharing all that today. God bless you, and have a good weekend. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for your time. Oh, we're, we're grateful you God called. God bless you guys. Thank Good you. Good talking to you, brother. And also, I understand we've got a couple of Riddlers, Bob. So, um, Christian, I guess, is was uh, Donna the first, Donna Graham, I understand. you got to answer to my riddle about uh, who, which woman was the best freelancer in the Bible. Do you know Donna? Donna, you're on the Kingdom Pursuits. Are you still with us? Hello, I'm here, Bob. How yeah, are you? I am good. Hey. I am good. So, I'm excited. Great. Well, I'm going to try. JL. All right. JL? Yes. Who that was would it, JL? Th- oh, JL. Uh, you said it. That's She was really good with a tent peg, which would have That's helped her out deep. here at the Dixie Classic Fair, right? <laughs> That's correct. She was the only one, and it's quite shocking when I learned it. But, yes, that always kind of stuck in my mind. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> Bob, that stuck in her mind. That's kind of scary. Yeah, that's uh, stuck in my mind. I think it did for Cicero as well. It was just a bad day. <laughs> well, she had the victory. He was, yeah. There was one way to take care of that. <laughs> Well, you're a winner today, so thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Enjoying the day. Thank you so much. God bless. Okay, bye. All right. (laughs) She won a prize. Yeah, so, Pastor Hopper, you got to love that. That that, that, that kind of sticks in your mind, that whole idea of that tent peg, right? (laughs) Sticks in your mind. It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) I think that answer will forever stick in my mind. And, uh, man, our, our, our... our man on stilts is going by again. So blowing bubbles, juggling. And so I'm definitely interested, Andrew. Like before you planted this church in Greensboro, 
where were you and, and how did God give you the vision or how did you sense God was in you coming to Greensboro? Yeah, so uh, my wife and I, we were we went to North Greenville College and, um, in the upstate of South Carolina and uh, did a lot of ministry in college and we felt pretty compelled to go to seminary. I looked at a seminary in Louisville, Kentucky and I also looked at one in Wake Forest uh, just outside of Raleigh. Right. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And so when we got there, we got involved with a church um, that's called the Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham. Right. And um, I was just kind of raised up there in terms of ministry. I, I did a lot of different jobs there, intern, led worship uh, for oh, so a ministry. Do you know Will Turbiron? I do know Will very well, yep. Yeah, good guy. He's a pastor at Calvary now, but yeah, we've yep. known him and each other for years and years because I went to Calvary. So I did not realize... I guess the connection, but that's really yeah. Cool. Actually, so, I think I think uh, I think Will and is going to bring some guys to this conference too. So we're excited about that. Having I'll them. bet. I'll bet. Um, yeah. So we were we were at the summit and just had a had a good experience there and was really trained there and um, man really felt the call to think about planting a church out of there and so we looked all around North Carolina and we landed on. We felt like we could be most successful in the triad from just kind of our background and, and um, sort of the, the, the things we were looking for in a city that we thought a church plant could do well. And so we landed here in 2012, raised up a team in 2011 and moved with about 30 people out here, all young professionals, all 20-somethings, and uh, came in 2012. Wow. And were you a 20-something at that point in time, Pastor? I was. I was 28 years old when we planted Mercy Hill. <laughs> Wow. How fun. It's yeah. so obviously you must be approaching 31 or two or something at, that po- at this point. That's just amazing. And so when did you, went? okay, God, you know, how did you send that call? How did you sense it from him is what I'm, you know, because clearly God has to be in that big time to have that kind of growth. Yeah, I mean, we don't, um, I, you know, I don't really think about an individualized will of God more than I, you know, as much as I just think about, God's call to us, every one of us in Scripture, I think, leverage your life, make a big impact, um, you know, and, and so, at, you know, around that age of 26 or 27, I was really thinking about what could we do that would, you know, make the biggest splash. Our pastor would always say, you know, you only get one shot to go around, make the biggest splash you can. And so we started putting our yes on the table before the Lord. God, does that mean going overseas to the unreached and unengaged? Um, does it mean you know, pastoring a church, I was very open to that, you know, if I just, but you know, they don't, it's hard at that age, people don't want to, they don't want to extend a call for a pastor that age a lot of times. Um, and so we, you know, we also thought about church planning and we just had all that on the table and, you know, as God kept opening doors, we started to really believe that the the biggest impact we were going to make was to plant a church, a brand new church and to see it grow. And, um, and yeah, God's just been totally in it, man. He's just, he's just breathed life into it. Um, man, we have, you know, we had a, we've probably had 1500 baptisms in the last 10 years. So, I mean, there's just been a big evangelistic movement that's happened through, through uh, what he's done in our church. What a huge leap of faith to do that. Yeah. That's just amazing. And it, well, obviously if all these people are, are bringing people and, and then you have obvious, you know, these, these folks here in, about Jesus and 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 the baptism kind of comes with that. It's an absolutely amazing <clears throat> transformation, right? As as I'm sure 
that when you begin to get traction like that, other people sense God's hand there, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I you know our our biggest, our largest Sundays throughout the year, besides holidays, are when we baptize, and the reason is because you know people are wanting to invite others in their life that are not believers or don't have much of a faith background in to participate with them. Uh, for example, my son was, you know, when my son was baptized um, a couple years ago, I mean, he, you know, he invited his whole baseball team. You know, I mean, that just, that, that kind of happens very organically where people want other people in their life to participate with them. And then it, it just opens a door for testimony. You know, this is who I was before. This is what God did. This is who I am now. And so we've been able to see a lot of, of momentum off of people that, that whose lives have been changed, reaching out to others, and then seeing their lives change. Yep. And so can you kind of share with our listeners, when you guys do a baptism, what, what, does that, what is the process as far as those people have an opportunity to share their testimony? Do they do that live via recording? How, how do you guys do it? We do it. We we do it in different ways at different times. I mean, the, they you know they will have shared their um, testimony with a either an elder of our church or someone on our staff, depending on how it was organized. Uh, they'll talk about you know what they're going to do, what their plans for involvement in the church are, and they'll, they'll go through a process before they're baptized. But um, then when they are, yeah, uh, like for example, two weeks ago we we had thirty people baptized in our services. Um, across, uh, you know, across all of our locations, and every one of them shared a live testimony from in the water, um, or or they had or they had the pastor that was baptizing them read their statement. So they, you know, so they, you know, we had the opportunity to see all of those uh, stories get told. That is so awesome. Well, I hear the music again faintly because we're we're live out here at the Carolina Classic Fair. So we're going to be right back with a a great deal more fair fun. We're going to have a lot of fun at this fair, so stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Juggling and everything else. We'll be back fairly soon. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And today we have a passion to be fair. And <laughs> at the Carolina Classic Fair with my good friend Bob, and we have Pastor Andrew Hopper, who they have this really cool, great, I mean, there's nothing like seeing people come to baptism. There's nothing like pe- seeing people come to faith. But in order to do that, your church has got to be growing and strong and all that. And so they have got this conference going on where they're going to show how, how God worked through them. October 24th through the 25th, it's at Mercy Hill Church at 7616 Business Park Drive, again in Greensboro, North Carolina. So, so Pastor, I'm, I'm interested, uh, you know, whenever you see that kind of growth going on in a church, um, it comes with some persecution quite often. And, and so I was curious what, what you kind of leaned on as you felt some of that stuff coming your way, when I imagine you had some opposition headed your way, wouldn't you? Well, I think absolutely. I mean, the, uh, you know, the, the very common story for church planners, and I've now seen this just because I've been in this world for 12 years in terms of planting other churches, and I'd love to talk about that, about the churches that we've been able to plant, how that works, you know, an overflow from growing. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, when you plant, you're just stirring up the hornet's nest in terms of spiritual warfare, and uh, you're putting target on your back. And so it's very common for guys to plant churches. And and uh, in that first couple of years, a lot of times they just see, you know, crazy things happen, man. They end up um, having health issues, um, mis- mis- miscarriages, people on their team, you know, that, that signed up to go with them. Um, having, you know, relational maybe issues or things back home that don't go well. or I mean, there's just, uh, you know, story after story of, I don't know that I'd call it persecution so much as I would just call it spiritual warfare up front. And so that's something that we teach our guys that are going out to be very fortified against and to expect. I think that uh, part of being fortified against those things is knowing that they're coming. Um, and, and, yeah, there's also, you know, it's funny how the Christian community there is one side um, that is incredibly encouraging when you see a movement of God. People just want to, you know, they just want to, we're all on the same team, man. Jesus is the senior pastor. All of our churches are kind of Sunday school classes. Right. And we're excited <laughs> for each other, you know. But then there's another side. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I love the way you put that. Yeah, but then there's this other side that becomes, you know, rivalry and, um, that, that often comes out in, well, if your church is growing, you must not be doing X, Y, or Z. You must not be preaching the gospel hard enough, or you must be, uh, you know, you know, consumeristic, and it's all a big rock show and light show. And, and you know, you hear this on the other side, and I, I do think those are sometimes that are kind of shots fired from, you know, from within the Christian community, and that, that can be kind of, kind of tough, but... I do think that knowing those things are coming and staying grounded in, you know, your call and identity in Christ really helps in those moments. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you had said that you got you guys are actually planning other churches. I mean, how cool is that 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 God has taken what He's done with you and allowed you to to pour into others, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is really the thrill of my heart is um, seeing the movement multiply. You know, so we've. Um, we planted five other churches in the last four years. Um, and what we say at Mercy Hill is we parented them, not partnered with them. So a lot of times when people say, you know, they are, they planted a church, what they mean is they partnered with a church plant. They gave them money. They're going to send them a mission team. They let them come preach at their church one time and they partnered with them and they say, we planted a church, which is, a, you know, you have to partner before you can parent. But truly parenting is, this is a church plant that was that came up from within. This was someone who was developed to be an elder in your church, who God called, and and they and then you raised up a team and equipped them, and funded them and sent them out. And so, uh, we've been able to see that five times. Um, one right here in North Carolina, Waynesville, North Carolina. Also, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia, Tampa, Florida, and Halifax, Nova Scotia. Wow. And so we have yeah. church plants in those areas that are, uh, they're all doing pretty well and they're, they're growing. And the big thing I wanted to bring out to you guys for this conference sake is, you know, um, okay, another church growth conference is kind of a callback to the 90s. But the difference now, I think, is we just really want to make the point that to get to the place of being able to parent other churches, it takes a sustainable growth pattern. And so the growth is not the end. It's, it's kind of a means. We, we say the growth is a currency, you know, for sending. And we want to send other churches out, and we really believe that's the call, you know, that the Great Commission is, is really accomplished by churches being planted all over the world. And so 
we're going to do that. We need to grow. And so that's, that's kind of where the heartbeat, really the heartbeat of the conference is. I can really relate to what you said about hanging the target on your back. Uh, mm. I have more experience with that than I wished I did. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I know that's it, true. It's a very true statement, and uh, but it's just awesome to me what you're what you're telling us because it's it's the way things are supposed to happen, and uh, you make it sound so simple, but apparently y'all've got a great a great plan. Well, God, you know, God's blessing it, no doubt. I mean, all you can do is prepare the jars, and I understand there are different contexts, and I mean, we're talking about thousands of people and sending out hundreds of people, and I understand that. You know, for a smaller church context, you might say, well, that feels out of reach. And, you know, the point, though, is not the numbers. The point is the heart and the attitude behind it. Um, you know, are we, are we aspiring to see more and growth and, and God's abundance, no matter what context we're coming out of? Um, or have we some kind of way in the very high levels kind of said, well, talking about that or focusing on that is kind of icky, feels too corporate? Um, and I just really want to bust that bubble and say, man, I think if we have that real high, if that's way upstream, we have kind of beliefs around growth that are unhealthy, then I think that it's going to flesh itself out in what we do in the day-to-day. Yeah, I remember as I came out of the car business, some people know me as a Christian car guy, and I used to tell them, yeah, we got to sell 150 cars this month, but it happens one at a time. And, and it actually happens helping one person at a time and sometimes they don't buy a car well hopefully at least you helped them along the way you planted some seeds whatever you could do uh, you you know because those things are each individual deal and then you leave you know obviously I love that scripture it says you know Paul planted and whatever it is and the other one watered but God makes it grow that's right And, and there's the deal right so it's really cool to go out there and go, ah, you know, it's just the next person in front of you. How can I help them? You know, I've got, and I, and I see this so clearly because I actually know some of your members. Um, and and yeah. oh, they love to tell people in our neighborhood, like, man, you got to come to church with me because I just, we are having so much fun and, and, and there's so many things going on and God's at work. And, and, and you know, that's the deal is it, that enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm, right? Yes. No doubt. I mean, that's, you know, your, your people, I mean, word of mouth in in the church world, word of mouth is really, I mean, that's, that's the advertising. I mean, you know, you can do Facebook ads and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you know, people, people advocating because, and people are naturally evangelistic about things that work in their life. It's why people tell other people, you got to see this movie, or it's why they say you got to have an iPhone, you know, or you got to whatever. It's because people are naturally evangelistic about things in their life that are meaningful to them and that work for them. And when their church is that way and their kids are being discipled and they're seeing other people get saved and they're excited about what's going on, they become kind of that walking billboard for uh, what God is doing in a particular local church. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing and I'm so grateful that, that we've had a chance to talk I, I've never met you but I, I've 
heard so many amazing things, uh, and it's so cool that that there you are at 31. <laughs> right, Bob? Uh, done more than some folks do in a li- than most folks do in a lifetime. Well, it's really amazing. We or God's to- done more through you. How about that? That's that's right. That's easier to chew on, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. the important thing's <laughs> fixed to happen. Your son's going to play football here in a minute. That's right. And, uh, you got you got to get to that. I can hear the music, which. I'm guessing would be the end of our time together here on Kingdom Pursuits this morning. Um, but I'm so grateful, right, for everyone listening and for you being with us today, Pastor. And and so, hey, come on out, join us. We're going to be here all till, <laughs> you know. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And your passion should be for Radio Bob to know that you got one more segment left in the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you raised my eyebrows when you said we were done because I wasn't quite on board with you there. But oh, yes, we really. are here. And let me tell you that it smells good out here. Am I right, Bob? That, it that, does that, smell that, good. And, it's uh, a combination of turkey legs and i see deep fried oreos and there was a lady that came by here with this ice cream thing a minute ago that you know that did you say earlier that they have strategically placed the apple the homemade apple pie thing well the in the past in the past last year it was a little different but the uh, you could get an apple pie a fried apple pie and it was right beside the John Deere ice cream. <laughs> so I always, I always had a bad habit of uh, going by and getting the apple pie and going by. And, and, and you even, back then, you even got a, a discount on your ice cream if you got, got it put on apple pie. And, uh, but the uh, Amish donuts are in that vicinity. And they, they hold a scoop of ice cream as good as anything. <laughs> Has uh, that been your experience? Well, you see, if God has got it, you've got a passion for fair food, right? If, oh yeah. Then, I, then, I'll then, have to go find. I'll have to go find my fried pork chop sandwich. Right. Here and, in just a little bit. And you can use that to build the kingdom, right? By bringing somebody over to the truth booth that's over here. We're right in front of the education uh, building today, and uh, or actually, and we'll be back here next week to broadcast. Um, so if you if you can't make it out here today, make plans for next Saturday. You know, I'll be doing Christian Car Guide, Kingdom Pursuits, all that from out here. And then next Sunday, I'm at the Pro Bull Riders event in Mill Spring, North Carolina. How fun is that? But I can tell you that the thing that had the biggest impact on me today was hearing Mike Dillon call. Uh, we have been acquaintances for a long time. And to hear that him and Richard and uh, Richard's grandsons, Mike. Richard is, Childress he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike is his son-in-law, and he is Ty. And uh, yeah, I met him when I did the bull riders uh, thing last year in um, in Winston. Well, super guy, and to know that he is involved with this, uh, it has made me so fired up about wanting to go. So yeah, they already Tuesday got 500 night, people registered. Wow! Yeah, Tuesday, October third, seven to eight thirty at the Richard Childers of Racing Event Center right there in Welcome. And, uh, Have you been I, there, Bob? I've been to the event center. They do a lot. Of, they let the community use that 
facility. They they do so many great things through that building. And, you know, sometimes you don't realize what a heart some of these people have. Oh, Richard Childers. And, and how they help so many, uh, like the hunters helping kids and so many uh, good things uh, go through that building. And uh, they've got a great facility. They can handle a, a herd, so, <laughs> and I hope there's a herd of people there for Tuesday, yeah, actually, and I'm very excited about it. Last year at the Pro Bowl Riders event, when I spoke here, Richard Childress came on after me, right? And so I'd never met him, you know. It was just an interesting experience for me, and uh, he, he, <clears throat> he said, you know, you're only supposed to talk for 30 he said, if you go 20 or 22, that would be long enough for me. <laughs> I thought, well, okay. So, you know, I shortened up what I was going to say a little bit because I didn't want to disappoint Richard Childers. Expecting that he was going to go along, right. I, I bet he didn't say 15 words. I mean, it, but he was directing to the point and what he said. But, but his idea was, we got to get this show on the road, man. It was, but, but he is a wonderful Christian man, and, and you can see his heart, you know, for yeah, this thing. Can. and. This event is for men, right? And, and the passion to be, something I'm definitely passionate about, is getting up early and spending time in the Bible. I would put that down as the number two best piece of advice I ever got in my life, which is I got it from Norman Vince Peale. Get up an hour early every morning, read the Bible, ask God to help you understand it, well, and oh, where it'll take you. I've got a friend, Scott Hicks, that gets up and reads the Bible every morning, and and. You have told me, and he has told me, that that's the best time if you want it, if you want to get it. And, and I used to go to a Bible study early in the morning, and uh, it was so impactful on my life. So all this is piling up and hurting up, and uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I, I I'll get it beat through my thick skull that I need to get back in the Word, and God's pounding it, pounding this message at me. Yeah, that's that, that's an amazing event, and it's cool how God's doing all these things. You know, whether you've got a passion for cars, you got to push passion for rodeo or fairs, right? There's there's all sorts of people there at these places, and uh, you know, it was really fun having Pastor Hopper on talk about what's going on up there for that Breaking Barriers conference, which that's going on October 24th through the 25th at Mercy Hill Church in Greensboro, which, by the way, they, they have an amazing website. You just go to Mercy Hill Church, and they have all the information about the event and how you can register your church and all the things that you got going on there. So, very cool. But right now, we could have concerned ourselves with turkey legs. <laughs> turkey leg, turkey leg. <laughs> Great being here today. I'm just looking at this one more time, and I see Michael McDowell's been there, and he... He's just such a great, great Christian. Oh, he, he speaks is, volumes. He, it does speak volumes. So join him out there. That's going to be Tuesday night, 7 to 8, at the Richard Childress um, Center there. This is coming this Tuesday. So thank you for listening. Now stay tuned. you got so much truth coming at you. Masculine Journey starts here now at 12. Well, Encouraging Prayer with James Banks is coming right up. And then at 1230, you got the Nikita Koloff. It's time to man up. So much truth coming at you on the Truth Network. This is the Truth Network.